and welcome to another episode of Wolf Disney. We are the Wolf Sisters, Sarah and Natalie. Do you not do that when you do the intro? Uh, not the same uh, way, but it's the same job done, yeah. Okay, we're Sarah and Natalie, and uh, we are the Wolf Sisters, and we grew up with very little Disney experience, and we have been slowly during this pandemic working our way through Disney with a long break over December when we were terrified to watch two hours of Swiss Family Robinson. But now we're back uh, with a vengeance or something. And uh, this week we're doing 101 Dalmatians. Yay. I should just make a sound clip of one of us saying yay so we don't have to do it every single time. I know, I, I feel like I insert do. It, insert it into the podcast. Um, yeah, 101 Dalmatians. It's a lot of Dalmatians. Some of our so, some of our questions were answered. I had, yeah, uh, <laughs> I felt really dumb a couple of times. So uh, she has the fifteen puppies, and I was like, okay, that's fifteen. Um, I don't know where they're gonna find these other dogs from. I wrote only fifteen. Where are the rest? <laughs> I mean, I knew she wasn't gonna give birth to ninety nine puppies. I felt like that would be stretching. Everything else seemed kind of realistic other than like narrating dogs. But um, when you've, the first um, glimpse that you get into Hell Hall, where all the dogs are, I was like, where are all these dogs come from? <laughs> I was like, I forgot that I was looking for more dogs. Uh, and yeah. then I felt really stupid because they were like, uh, like the cat was talking to one of them and, and he was like, yeah, there's 99 of us here. And I was like, where are they going to get the other two dogs from? And I'm so ashamed to admit how long it took me to realize that the other two dogs are the adult dogs. It took me a long time. Yeah. To figure out that. Um, and then uh, I also was confused when they got to the big room of dogs as I assumed that the dogs they were talking to was one of the dogs that the show started with like I thought it was one of the puppies um and then they were like no we were uh purchased and fair- fairly purchased or something and I was <laughs> like, like, yeah, is someone lying to this yeah dog? <laughs> I was like these dogs have been brainwashed they think this is where they belong and I was really concerned <laughs> when they point to the tv and show all of the you know those I dogs think, watching like with their collars, collars yeah and I was like oh, okay good I was like that's gonna need yeah therapy or something of like um what's it called the uh the experiment the uh or the effect not experiment it was oh, uh, Stockholm syndrome Stockholm syndrome yeah. yeah 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 I think it wasn't until uh Pongo and Perdita are like looking at how many dogs there are and someone's like there's 99 and I was like oh and there's 100 and 101 yeah. <laughs> yep yeah oh. I that's about where I figured it out as well I believe real dumb yeah. But it's fine. yeah it's fine um I don't have an icebreaker I forgot to think of one I I have one but I don't know how to do it like I have an cool. idea I have an idea of one but I don't even know like what my answer would be okay but I mean, that happened last week too so yeah so it's pretty on brand for Sarah um but uh one of my favorite scenes was the um, all of the humans and their dog lookalikes. Mm-hmm. And so um, 
how about I'll do a dog look like for you and you do one for me. <laughs> okay. Well, to start, we look pretty similar. <laughs> so I don't know how varied it's going to be. Um, I also liked that part. Um, okay, here, let's do a different one. Okay. This isn't a, an icebreaker at all, but it's thinking about other kinds of dogs. How would the movie be different? If there were 101 pugs. Uh-huh. How would the movie be different? Yeah. Um, I'll give you, so I gave you pugs and then you you give me a breed, okay? Okay. That's going to be, I, did, I just came up with that. Okay. Um, so I will do pugs and you will do... Um, hmm. You will do uh, Neapolitan Mastiffs. Nice. I, I thought you might give me a Mastiff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, pugs. They would really have a hard time sneaking around because um, you would immediately hear them start breathing um, with any movement. They definitely would not be able to withstand the journey that those Dalmatians barely made it through. Um... Although I feel like pugs are actually bred for cold weather, like in China. Yeah, I just meant like the uh, exercise part of it. Oh yeah, the journey. The journey, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think they might be fine in cold weather. Um, yeah, that's about what I've got. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh First of all, um, I'm not sure Hell Hall would be large enough to hold 99. What are you calling this place? Hell Hall. That's Hell the, Hall? Yeah, that's the name of Corella Devil's the house. Is it the devil? Yeah, they, they said that several times. I don't know about that, but okay. Yeah, the animals said um, something about, I saw some cars going up to Hell Hall. Oh, look, there's like a fire okay, you're right okay thank you also known as the old deville place i think they might have called it that too but that's I was, what I, that's I, what i knew it as i really clung on to the hell hall yeah name. um yeah so hell hall would not be big enough or like strong enough to hold all the mastiffs because that house was falling apart pretty easily um they would not have fit through that hole that they all um, had to get like that poor little roly rollo yeah. roly roly or Rolly, roly 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 uh, it was it was roly i think that one barely made it there's no way mastiffs would um and i also don't think that they would survive the journey um also i don't think anyone would want a coat out made out of mastiff <laughs> wrinkles and slobber yeah <laughs> I thought about saying that for pugs, but honestly, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I hope, I hope that like when the time comes and you want to like adopt a dog or rescue a dog, and they do their like research on you, and they find this um, this podcast this episode. episode, and they're like, "Nah, like we like you," but then you 
considered whether or not a pug would make a good fur I'm coat. just saying they're like a good color. Well, I guess there's different colored pugs, but all of them are kind of a good color for a fur coat. Anyway. Um, I think we should move on. Okay. So, um, I'm going to be looking for a job soon. I should probably get better at these podcasts because, you know. You put on your resume? No, but I feel like it wouldn't be that hard to find it. Yeah. Um, I went ahead and made all of my Facebook posts about it, uh, friends only. So if somebody does get to my profile, it's not the first thing they see. I would not be embarrassed, <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't need them thinking. Yeah. They're getting something different. So I did research on the, like, on the making of the movie. Okay. I don't know if you want that to go first or your Dalmatian research. Um, yours can go first. I'm excited about mine. I can tell. Firstly, I just want to say that we have been on this journey for a while now. I think our first episode came out in April, maybe. Yeah. Something right. Um, and, you know, we started with Snow White. We didn't know a lot about Disney. And... I felt like watching this movie, I, I could tell that I've learned a lot because there were a couple of things that I noticed. First was Thurl Ravenscroft mm-hmm. does one of the voices. Yeah. And I saw his name and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to try to guess who Thurl is. I was wrong. <laughs> uh, do you know who he was? Of course. Oh yeah. Did you look it up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did yeah, you guess he was did you guess he was like the bloodhound or something? The Great Dane. The Great Dane. The Great Dane had a really deep voice. And I was like, I think that's who Thrill Ravenscroft is. So for um, for listeners who might it's been oh, a while. Yeah. Thrill Ravenscroft um first came up in our Pinocchio episode because <laughs> he was casted to do some vocal work, but ended up cast. Being... Okay. Casted. Casted away. Um, he was cast to do something, um, that got cut. And so all that they kept from his work for them was making the whale sounds in Pinocchio, but he's most well known for, um, singing the you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch song. I thought Boris Karloff sang that. This happened a lot. This is, we had confusion last time around this. I think he did. he was he was the uncredited vocalist for the song you're a mean one mr grinch this is exactly what happened when i brought it up in the pinocchio episode sorry okay in a while he was also he was also tony the tiger for five decades wow whoa i don't know how that i got missed that yeah seriously who did you guess boris karloff yeah that's a mistaken attribute wow i'm pretty sure because he was a narrator okay i'm pretty sure like uh, over christmas i went i listened to like every single station that has christmas music on it i just like flip back and forth and there whenever there's commercials i'm pretty sure every time they're like and here's the mean mr grinch song um they said it was boris karloff what's wrong i knew there was something off about that but next year i'm gonna write them in and be like listen all right so go on 
So that was one thing that I like felt good about picking up on. Um, the other one was that when they showed the humans, I was like, these are not very well done. Like they're not like snow white humans, like the, the prince versus Roger. Roger's definitely better drawn, but I was like, this just isn't as high quality drawing. Mm-hmm. And I was right. Mm. So with that being said. Yeah, I found myself paying particular attention to the background work in the houses and stuff, as well as in when the Dalmatians are um, escaping, like a lot of the scenes of them running, I was like, "Ah, I can't do any better, but I can like tell that this, I don't know. I feel like there could have been a better approach to how they animated the dogs running in a crowd. Go ahead. I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up, Natalie. Um, I'm going to move this so I can see you on. It's not moving your mouth so much. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's very loud. I'm sorry. Um, very loud. So, what? what? I think that was a Borat impression saying very loud. Me? <laughs> no, not. But you did? I've never seen Borat. Me neither. <laughs> so. Okay. I'm going to do my best. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so actually before I even do this, I did a little bit of research on the book. You're still using your mouse. I know I'm still using my mouse, Natalie. Okay. Um, so I'm going to do the plot first and then I'm going to go into, um, I'm going to do the plot of the book, not the movie part of the book um and then I'm going to go into some of how it was made because there's something in the plot that I think will be very confusing to to us and anyone else who has listened or slash I'm sorry watched this movie (laughs) all right okay so it starts off so this book was written in 1956 by Dodie Smith who is a British author playwright female um and and the movie is 1961 we haven't said that yet yeah so it first was it was done in serial version mm-hmm. that was published bit by bit which made sense when I watched the movie because like the last 20 minutes are so stressful that I could see that working really well with like to like like tune in next time in whatever the magazine version of saying that is to see what happens next because it felt like it was just like one like episode after another of danger and like safety and then danger and safety and danger. So so that makes sense to me. Um, I guess Walt Disney read that. What is Pearl with you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was like popping through your virtual background. It was kind of creepy. Yes. I was like, something is moving in there and I know Bonnie's not there. Uh, Pearl is the long-haired chihuahua that I am dog-sitting. She's sitting on the chair next to me. Okay, so I think Disney, um, I don't know if he read it when it was coming out, but he loved it. And so he, you know, talked to her and got the rights to make that into a movie. So here's the plot of the book. Pongo and Missus are a pair of Dalmatians who live with the newly married Mr. and Mrs. Dearly and their two nannies, Nanny Cook and Nanny Butler. Mr. Deerly is a financial wizard who has been granted lifelong tax exemption and lent a house on the Outer Circle in Regent's Park in return for wiping out the government debt. 
Okay. A little different. <laughs> the dogs consider the humans their pets, but allow the humans to think that they are the owners. Do you have a question? Yeah, no, just keep going. Okay. One day while walking, Pongo and Mrs. This is Mrs. is spelled M-I-S-S-I-S. And so I'm like, are we trying to go with Mississippi and we forgot how to spell it? It's Mrs. Mises. Mises. Um, one day while walking the two dogs, Mr. and Mrs. Dearly have a chance meeting with an old schoolmate of Mrs. Dearly, Carilla DeVille, a very wealthy woman, so fixated on fur clothing that she married a furrier and forces him to keep his fur collection in their home so that she can wear the pieces whenever she likes. She admires the two dogs and expresses a desire to have a Dalmatian skin coat. That was missing in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Later, Mrs. gives birth to a litter of 15 puppies. Okay. Concerned that Mrs. will not be able to feed them all, the humans join in to help. As Mrs. Dearly looks for a canine wet nurse, she finds an exhausted liver-spotted Dalmatian in the middle of the road in the pouring rain. She has the dog treated by a vet, learns that she has recently given birth, and names her Perdita. Ah, that makes sense. Which means lost. I was wondering why this dog's name was Perdita. I was like, that's a that's a dumb name for a dog that has an owner. You knew that meant lost in Spanish? Yes. I don't know. Lost in Spanish. You took you took more Spanish. I took I AP Spanish. I know. I didn't know that meant okay. okay. Uh, per- Perdita helps to nurse the pups and becomes a member of the family. She tells Pongo about her lost love prince and the resulting litter of puppies, which were sold by her neglectful owner. She had run away looking for those puppies. Um, Cruella happened to be in the house when the puppies started to arrive and has had expressed a desire to buy them, which was rebuffed. After she pays a second visit to the house and is told again, the dearlies have no intention of putting the puppies up for sale. The puppies disappear. So it kind of, from then on goes through a lot of the same stuff, like the, um, the, the twilight bark, which she actually makes like a, a sequel at, she writes a sequel to this book called the starlight barking, um, which continues from the end of the novel. Um, but yeah, so they, they, they find the dogs at hell hall. Um, Let's see. Uh, Corella Deville arrives and tells the two crooks in charge of Hell Hall that they must slaughter and skin the dogs as soon as possible because of the publicity surrounding the theft of the Dearly's puppies. Pongo and Mrs. realize they must rescue all of the puppies immediately and they escape the night before Christmas Eve. One puppy, Cad Pig, <laughs> that's C A D P I G. Okay. Uh, Cad Pig is a runt and too weak to walk the long distance from Suffolk to London. So Tommy, the colonel's two-year-old owner, lends her a toy farm cart. One of the litters, one of the litters of puppies is just the right age for two of its members to fit its shaft. So they pull it and shifts. <laughs> when Corella returns to find the puppies gone, she begins to pursue them. However, the Dalmatians have encountered one of the barking network dogs who points out how conspicuous they are and helps them break into a chimney sweeps establishment where they roll in soot to disguise themselves. They travel across the fields and spend part of an evening in a cathedral. Corella nearly catches up with them and they are forced to return to the road, but they're able to hide in an empty removal van at the invitation of a Staffordshire Terrier whose pets, in quotation mark, owns the, own the van which is returned to London that very night. Upon arriving in London, the dogs destroyed the DeVille's collection of animal skins and fur coats with the help of Corella's cat, 
who was angry and distressed at losing many litters of kittens, which Cruella had drowned. Oh. The Dalmatians then return to the Deerley's house where Pongo and Mrs. Bark until Mr. Deerley opens the door, whereupon the whole mass of puppies go streaming in without stopping. Once the dogs roll on the carpet to remove the soot from their coats, which mm-hmm. ooh, our mom would not be happy about. Oh, yeah. I was, <laughs> I mean, it's a kid's cartoon, so I understood, but oh, yeah. So much dirt. Um, once they roll on the carpet to remove the soot, the dearlies recognize them and send out for steaks to feed them. The litter that pulled Cadpig's cart are proven to be Perdita's litter by Prince. Mr. Dearly finds out where the puppies had been when, when he discovers a label on the toy cart, which contains Tommy's name and address. I think Tommy is one of the bad guys. Um, no, I don't know. Tommy's name and address. The Dearly's also place advertisement seeking the owners of the other puppies, but it turns out they had all been sold rather than stolen as the Dearly's were. So those other puppies were bought and sold. Yeah. Rodita's former owner, who never really cared, cared for her. Did you <laughs> add that? No. Okay. In there is happy to let her stay with the dearlies upon hearing the story. Uh, Corella's nice. now homeless cat drops by and is invited to stay with the news that the destruction of her husband's fur business has forced Cruella to leave the country and put Hell Hall up for sale. When the dearlies visit Suffolk to return Tommy's cart, the, the, I think I found a typo. Nope, I didn't. They realized that with 97 puppies and three adult Dalmatians. Mm. Yeah. That's a hundred. That's a hundred. I don't understand that math. Keep going. You haven't finished. Okay. Uh, with 97 puppies and three adult Dalmatians, a larger home would be a good idea. So Mr. Dearly buys the hall with money has been given by the government for sorting out another tax problem. He proposes to use it to start a dynasty of Dalmatians, although in England they would say a dynasty, a dynasty of Dalmatians, and a dynasty of Dearlies to take care of them. Finally, Perdita's last love prince turns up. Oh, that's 100 owners. See his lover Perdita and allows him to stay with the Dearlies and become their 101th Dalmatian. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's the plot of the book. Um, so for the movie, our friend Mary Ness. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Mary Ness. And this is, this is where I get excited because when you were talking, we were talking earlier about the animation not being great. Yeah. There's a reason for that. Is it Uh, because they were just so out of money because of Sleeping Beauty? That is one of the reasons. Yeah. Look at us learning things. Uh, Okay. uh, Do you want to keep guessing? I do know that only this is the first movie, maybe first animated movie by Disney, um, where they only had one person doing the screenplay or like the story board or whatever. Okay. I don't think that affects the animation. So no. it's like they'd have more money to oh. into animating. So I guess not. No. They use a new technology. They did use a new technology. Good Sounds job. right. Sounds right. So um so after this is Mary Ness. After this is oh, I guess we should say who Mary Ness is. She is um a writer. <laughs> we know her so well. We know her so well, Mary. 
Um, but she writes a lot of articles for tour.com about different Disney movies and she does really great research and we really also love her like sarcastic asides. So um, I really enjoy learning from her. So she says that um, Sleeping Beauty was such a financial flop that afterwards Walt Disney seriously considered shutting down his studio's animation division. Um, and so you'll remember, like we've, we've done a lot of like um, live action movies recently, but the big um, animated ones that were flops were Alice in Wonderland, Sleeping Beauty and Lady and the Tramp, which I didn't realize this, I don't think we said this, but it, for technical reasons, it was issued in two versions. I don't really know what that means. <laughs> okay, thank you for- Because <laughs> now that I'm saying that out loud, I think I thought it meant that they released part one and then part two. No. Yeah. So forget that I said that. Uh, you hear that? Yeah. Huh. What was that? Uh, I think it's a flower pot, an empty flower pot with my foot. Just making noise? No, it's by my foot right now. Oh, okay. I cleaned my room so things are in different spots. Um, <laughs> um, all right. So um, Disney, Walt Disney seriously considered shutting down their animation division after that. Um, but he fell in love with this story with the 101 Dalmatians. Um, and um, she says, um, a few things would need changing. That almost, but not quite doggy threesome between Pongo, Mrs. and Perdita, which I was like, this is weird. Like when I was reading the plot, I was like, I don't understand where Perdita comes in, because I guess it was hard for me to separate what I just watched of like the Pongo Perdita romance. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, who's this Mrs. Woman? Like, why is she here? I don't like that. Um, but they that that would just not work for a children's film <laughs> aimed yeah. at an American audience. Um, so they so they did a they did some rewrites, you know. Um, but one of their big problems was how are they going to animate 99 puppies? with spots. Um, so Xerox, hmm. yeah, Xerox had begun developing a photocopying process before World War II. By the 1950s, a commercial version was available for businesses, but it focused on paper and not film. Um, this is a person I've never heard of, but he has a name I also never heard of before. It's UB, that's his first name, um. Ub. Sure. Uh, iWorks, I W E R K S. He's the co-creator of Mickey Mouse with with oh. Walt Disney. Never heard this guy's name, but he would could be a woman. No, he. I see that now. Uh, he was impressed enough by what he saw to work with Xerox to adapt the technology for film. The final process allowed animator drawings to be printed directly onto cells. Um, so this. Uh, helped them instead of having to hand draw 99 little Dalmatian puppies, Disney could just photocopy them. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at some of the scenes of like all the dogs sleeping, you'll see the same sleeping dog several times. Um, so they just kind of drew a bunch of them and then just photocopied and photocopied and photocopied. <clears throat> but Marina says that the resulting process did lead to some sloppiness, which is why like the animation just doesn't look as great. Mm -hmm. um, and she even says that um, 
if you get, if you watch the Blu-ray edition of this, you can see the sloppiness in more detail because Blu-ray is supposed to be a higher like resolution or whatever. She's like, so actually for this movie, don't watch it in (laughs) Blu-ray. Like it's better to just like watch it on VHS or DVD or something. Um, And apparently there is an error that people have said, she said she didn't do that. She didn't count, but that, um, and the final scene, they claim that it has to be about 150 puppies and not 99. There was one scene, I, was, I don't remember which scene. I think it was probably when they were um, running from one spot. Something. They're running from one spot to another and the, parent, the dad was counting them. And I almost convinced myself that I should count them. And I was like, that's not, you're not going to find like a goof. Yeah. Um, and if you did, it doesn't matter. It's just 99 <laughs> dogs. Don't do this. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're not alone on that. So, so the zero, they call it xerography, xerography, um, initially could only produce black and not colored lines, but eventually they can, they start using it. And so they actually use this technology all the way up until, uh, the little mermaid Mm. they use this. And so from now on, like the animated movies that we'll watch aren't going to be great as far as their animation quality are. But like storytelling will improve and characterization will improve that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the xerography um, is the reason behind that. Um, let's see, what else does Mary Miss say? Um, then she kind of goes off on her um, opinions on the characters, which she and I were right on the same thing. Um, she said, uh, one element that Disney could not take complete responsibility for, uh, Corella DeVille, a sort of person who not only wants to kill puppies, but also puts her cigarettes out in people's cupcakes. I, I picked up on the cupcake thing. I was like, who in the world would ever come into somebody's house and be like, let me have your dogs. And I'm just going to be horrible at the same time. Yeah, I was confused. I didn't know clearly, based on our last episode, I clearly did not know what the relationship was with her to the couple. Um, And I was like, are they supposed to be the same age? One, if they're classmates, I guess the cigarettes have really aged her poorly um, compared to (laughs) wife, whatever her name is. Uh, Anita. Anita. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so, I didn't even think about that. Like that they would have been the same age. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Then I was like, well, she could have been like a second career college student. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I appreciated that the dogs, the first time you see Krella DeVille, she's driving up in her car and the dogs know, like before you can see the car that Krella DeVille is on their way. I liked that little detail. Um, huh? Why? It's like, um, like our dogs who like know like that the UPS specific like <laughs> Cooper yeah. doesn't care if like the trash truck is outside of the house, mm-hmm. but he hears or he used to hear the UPS truck them have entered the neighborhood. Yeah, you know, half a mile over. Up. Yeah, um, and so I like that detail. I think there are like a lot of good dog like uh, details of like how their brains, how we assume their brains work. <laughs> Right. Um, the other thing about Carol DeVille, uh, especially, yeah, especially hearing the book, uh, synopsis, I just don't know why she was not shut out of their lives sooner. 
Um, like Anita's yeah. kind of like, like Anita is just kind of like a pushover. She like kind of bothers me. I feel like because um, what's his face, Roger. Roger, I think gets it a little more. Yeah. Um, singing a song about her, like being the devil, which was his biggest, his first big hit on the radio was a song. So I was like, God, does she know this? Because that's not gonna. I thought that was so weird too, because I was like, all right, but at this point in the story they can only assume that it was Corella who kidnapped the puppies. Like they don't actually know that yet. Right. Cause it was the like men when, who came to the house. Cause they're playing it on the radio when the puppies come back. Yeah. So they still don't know. Yeah. And it, and so he just like it, submits this. Well, the ending oh. bothered me because they're like, is a happily ever after ending. And I was like, no, nobody has figured out who did this. The dogs can't communicate to you. We don't know that they're safe. These, I mean, unless I you're just know. telling your um, maid woman to just like never open. I mean, okay, oh, that was. Go ahead, sorry. She was like incompetent. That the nanny. Like I had, I had flashbacks to Lady and the Tramp when, when those men came into the house. <laughs> but like, okay, why do you need a nanny? They had a nanny before they had puppies. Yeah. And they called her nanny. They called her nanny? Yeah. Well, I think, I think they, they both seemed a little, you know. uh, They needed some extra. Yeah. A little like immature. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways. um, So uh, Mary Ness also points out a couple of the differences in the book and the movie. She, she read the book as a kid. And so she watched the movie expecting there to be three dogs and, and two nannies. So they had nanny cook and nanny Butler. Right. She points out that um, the minor characters that Disney chose to eliminate mostly happened to be women and more specifically women in non-traditional roles. So nanny Butler, she dons the uniform of a male Butler without a blink. So she's like wearing men's clothing and does her work efficiently and with style. And the military cat in the book mm-hmm. was supposed to be a female cat, hmm. named Willow. And so now it's a male military cat. And it's like, why, why'd you have to do that? No. <laughs> it's just not necessary. Um, but, and then the other thing that I noticed was I noticed the lady in the tramp dogs. Mm-hmm. So um, there was Peg. She was in the, the dog shop. shop. Um, Jock. Oh gosh. Jock. Thank you. Jock was part of the bark. Start. Twilight. Bark. Twilight bark. Um, and then Lady and the Tramp are like in the road barking. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like we're starting to see characters that we've already seen before. And like, we're learning so much on this journey. Yeah. Which is interesting. Cause they don't like they a hundred percent don't live in the same town. No. Does yeah. Lady and Tramp take place in America? Yeah. 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 Like at first I was like, oh, what if they if my head I was like, what if they did live in the same town? That'd be kind of cool. And I was like, no, that doesn't you know where Lady and the Tramp happened. Also, it's an animated movie. But anyway. Right. That's all I got. Okay. Is that not professional enough? <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to make that end a little cleaner, but uh, okay. Um, in conclusion, this was a movie that used new technology, but the age-old 
um, technique of eliminating strong, independent women. All right. Yeah. I it sounds. Yep. Um, although Cruella seems a little more independent than she does in the book. Yes, that's true. Cause she doesn't have a husband that we know, that of, we know of in the movie. That's very true, but she is reliant on two idiot men to steal her dogs. It's true. Cool. Thank you. Um, so let's see if I have anything else about the movie. Um, similar to Lady and the Tramp, where the title is Lady and the Tramp, not the Lady and the Tramp. This is 101 Dalmatians written out, not not the number. The number oh. the number 101 Dalmatian, that one is the 1996. Live action one. Live action one. I thought it, I thought it was. I didn't think it was interesting, but I thought it was, you know, uh, something worth noting is that when yeah, I make, all my notes are all my notes are titled one hundred and one. Yeah, when I make the title of this podcast episode, I need to make sure you have to that I have the right title. <clears throat> and Dalmatians has an A at the end of it. It does. Title. It's not I O N. Um, <laughs> so that's yeah. Learned, learned that last week. week. Yes, I did. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, um, I think I've definitely seen the live action one from the nineties. I think there was also 102 Dalmatians. I have no clue who this additional Dalmatian is in that number, but- I haven't seen any of these movies. Okay. I think Glenn Close is Cruella DeVille. Oh yeah, that sounds right. Um, if she's not, she should probably, I don't know, she could play it in the future. Meryl Streep could too, in like yeah. The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. So, uh, um, but I will also say, sorry, Cruella Deville, her physical description in the book and the movie are like exactly right on, like black and white hair, all of this stuff. Um, we've had this come up. It seems to mostly like come up for women now that I think about it in Disney animated movies where the Wikipedia page cites who their um, like live action model was for the animation. Oh, yeah. Um, what who was it well to start I can tell you that um Helene Stanley who was the model for Cinderella and Aurora um was the model for Anita Radcliffe okay you know who could be a model for uh Cruella DeVille no it's another cartoon character and her movie came out after this but her time period is way before this what? Yzma. Oh, yeah. Yzma. From the Emperor's New Groove. Lots yeah. of Yzma yeah. vibes. Yeah. Like skull face, super skinny, angular, weird, weird, dumb henchman. Although I say that lovingly for Kronk. Right. Team Kronk for life. Um, the model for Krella, it was Mary Wicks. She was in Here's Lucy with Lucille huh. Ball. Uh, she was in the 1994 Little Women. Oh, love that movie. Who was she in that? Oh, let me guess. She was either Hannah or because she'd be old. What? She would be Aunt. She was, Aunt. Born, she was born in 1910. She would have been really old. Ooh. She's not aunt um josephine or whatever i i would guess that she's i don't know who is she oh 
she's in okay why why is this wikipedia page so unhelpful she's known for being in sister act and white and white christmas oh um she was I sent you a picture of her. She was Sister Mary Lazarus. Oh, she was the best. Um, she was also Aunt March in Little Women. Oh, she was Aunt March. Okay. Yes, I can totally see that now. Um, and she was in The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which I haven't seen. So not be The cartoon? Yeah. No, no clue. Yes. Um, but uh, so she was the model for Corella DeVille? She was. She's so good in Sister Act. I don't know why we were talking about that. Um, why were we talking about that? <laughs> the magic of technology is that anyone listening to the podcast can just rewind. But oh, it's you? it's because I said Glenn Close could play Hilda oh. Bell. So Man, that was a rabbit hole. <laughs> moving forward, um, this year there's supposed to be a prequel coming out called Corella. Ooh, um, is it live action? Yeah, but again, because of the pandemic, the IMDb page, IMDb page has not been updated recently, but they were definitely working on it in 2019. Who's Corella DeVille? Let me get to it. Okay, uh, give me hints, though. Let me guess. I only wrote down two of the actors in it, um, and they both have the same first name. Uh, Are they both females? Yes. Okay. They're in different generations. Um, the lead of the movie, this is disputed. I tried to do research on this, but the IMDb page says this and she has since said that's, well, okay. Um, and June, 2019 filming was reportedly delayed, which the actress denies, um, because she dislocated her shoulder at a Spice Girls concert. I love it. Yeah. Um, Hi, it's Natalie. At this point in time, Sarah proceeded to play this guessing game with me for about eight minutes, um, and it's incredibly dull. So we're cutting this out for your sake. So in the 2021 supposedly movie Cruella, Emma Stone will be playing (laughs) young Cruella. I never would have guessed that. Okay. If I said easy A, would you have? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's the only movie I could think of. Um, do you want to guess who the other Emma is? Oh, yeah. Emma, um, Emma, the other Emma. Emma Thompson? Yes, I love her. Yeah. Oh, that'll be good. Yeah. She did definitely dislocate her shoulder at a Spice Girls concert, but she told tabloids and stuff that she would, they were not delaying. Why would she deny that? Because it's such a good story. I, she was just denying that they were going to have to delay the filming because of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Not that she didn't dislocate her shoulder at a Spice Girls concert. Um, you did not mention. Um, I like how you're starting this with how I failed you. <laughs> you didn't mention, and you talk about the book and the movie coming together, about um, a scene in which Pongo and Perdita, which I guess would have been the Mrs exchange wedding vows in unison with their owners maybe actually hold on i don't really know the context of the sentence maybe that wasn't that the storyboard had in it that they created for the movie i don't That's, remember that makes more sense i don't think i saw that so in the movie there there's wedding vows between the humans 
and the dogs are outside of the church. Um, and so the writer and Disney retained a scene in which Pongo and Perdita exchanged wedding vows in unison with their owners, by which the censor board warned it might offend certain religious audiences if the animals repeated the exact same exact words of a solemn religious ceremony. Oh the God. scene was reworked to be less religious with Roger and Anita dressed in formal clothes inside the church. Right, but you have a character whose name is Devil, and she sure. lives in Hell Hall. So. Yeah. I don't, and, and she wants to murder and slaughter puppies. Yeah. It's a little more offensive to me. Let's really pick and choose what we're, what we're going to be offended by. That really upset me. Well, some people think it's a sacrament. So for some, it is a sacrament. And that's our religious corner of this episode. All right. Um, Not, not killing puppies should be a sacrament too. (laughs) That everyone automatically (laughs) does. Does. All right. Um, so while I was watching, Jesus didn't kill puppies. Okay. While I was watching, um, my first note of the movie is you don't see Dalmatians very often these days, which is true. I don't think I can say oh. for sure in the last year I have not seen a Dalmatian in the wild. Yeah, well, not in the wild. I mean, but like going to a dog park, like you don't see Dalmatians. Well, there was a huge Dalmatian like resurgence in '96. Yes. With that movie. With the movie, yeah. Yeah. Like everyone um, had a Dalmatian then. Yeah. Her neighbors did in Cuba. Yeah, the Wikipedia page said that um, adoptions went up in 96, um, but many families were not prepared for the amount of energy that Dalmatian puppies have. Yes. Uh, and a lot of them got returned to shelters. I don't know any other Dalmatian. Sarah and I both, Sarah and I both do a lot of dog sitting. I've never had to sit for a Dalmatian. It's true. Um, yeah i don't know anyway um so i decided just to look up because i feel like so our family watches the thanksgiving day dog show every year um i went through a pretty deep dog phase in elementary school really yes where was i in college what would what do you mean you like dressed like a dog or something no i mean like like an emo phase no i mean like watching like the educational programming on animal planet on like dog breeds and stuff and like seeking out that information and becoming obsessed with uh king charles spaniels which dad i think still thinks that i'm the cavalier king charles spaniel yeah still brings up to me every now and then and i'm i kind of want to be like you know that was just a phase and I don't think everyone goes through dog faces, dad. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I just don't I'm know much all about, about pugs now. <laughs> I don't know much about the Dalmatian. Um, so I researched them. Um, Sarah, do you want to tell us what um, group they're in when um, in the um, kennel club? I think they're in the non-sporting group. They are. Good job. Isn't that uh, great? I know that. That just shows <laughs> listeners how much we watch the dog show because I'm always surprised and I think we have this conversation every year that technically it should be a working dog because he worked he this one Dalmatian that shover represent all Dalmatians works at the firehouse we all know this and on the Budweiser wagon yes we're working dogs but no they're in the non-sporting group um so Dalmatians were um nobody quite knows where they came from but 
The rumor is that they came from Dalmatia, which was a region of Croatia, but um, historians don't think that's really the case. Um, And there are paintings, um, like there's a lot of paintings of these spotted dogs before Dalmatians got their name. Um, So there's like a, I think there's a painting as early as like 1360 that I read that um, seems to be like a royal person with a Dalmatian. Um, And so people historians think it, it goes beyond um that history of croatia yeah um, interesting yeah um i mean you have to wonder like what what had to happen to get the first dalmatian yeah okay <laughs> you know what i mean like the series of events that would you're like oh my gosh this is a dog with spots or, like, or yeah well the shock of having a white dog and then three to four months in you wake up it's got spots well, how long it takes for the spots three to four months three to four months for the spots to come in but sometimes Mm -hmm. sometimes you can see uh like a shadow of the spots on the actual skin under their white fur um because i think they are technically white dogs um because about 12 percent of them are born deaf which is common white dog um birth defect i guess i don't know it's not a defect is the is the are the spots then um skin spots where the it colors the hair then that comes out of it i think so yeah yeah um they also are uh they also uh one of their other so they're two big um like genetic problems um is that often they're born deaf and the other one is kidney stone problems um, kidney stones mr tribbiani you have kidney stones and so there's the friends reference um, and uh, I, there's people who are trying to work on this to bring bring their people are are breeding Dalmatians with other breeds to try to get back to a more like pure Dalmatian because the Dalmatians now the pure ones are missing whatever um, gene that dogs have that that help them not have kidney stones. How do you know if a dog has a kidney stone to begin with? I don't know. It's just like Dalmatians um, are very subject to gout and kidney stones because they don't have this in their genetic code anymore. Um, And so it sounds controversial that people are now breeding Dalmatians with these other breeds to try to get back to the original Dalmatian, but people are saying, well, this isn't a pure Dalmatian. Right. What does the AKC say about it? And friends, this is why you just rescue dogs. You don't right. you don't care about you need to do about that. Um also going back a little bit, they have other names besides Dalmatians. So they I don't know if they still are called this or if it's a regional thing, but one common name for them is plum pudding dog. And I think cool. we should have stuck with that. I love that. That's a good name. I think we would maybe see more of them if they were called plum pudding dogs. There's a plum pudding. Oh God, a, plum, a plum pudding dog. Yeah. A PPD. Yeah. Yeah. The PPD wearing PPE. <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a pandemic joke for you folks. And here is on the line. We'll have to explain that. People come back oh. to our archives and listen to this. Yes. When our um, children are like, oh my God. Grandma uh, and Aunt Natalie were, they're weird. So uh, <laughs> In Croatia, they were used as dogs of war guarding the borders of Dalmatia and other parts of Croatia. Um, Do you think that that is really effective? I don't know. Um, 
They're also supposedly good circus dogs. Um, partially because of their spots. <laughs> they're just like fun to look at, I guess. And also because they're, I think they're pretty intelligent dogs. Um, so you mentioned that they are known for working with uh, firefighters. Do you know what their job was? To bring water. No. Uh, to, to climb... To, to go in on their bellies and look for people that were still in there. I'll give you some context. Um, so <laughs> in the olden days, the fire trucks were pulled as wagons by horses. They were friends with the horses? Since Dalmatians and horses are very compatible, I don't really know what that means. The well, that's why they're also on the, the Budweiser yeah. trucks. The dogs were easily trained to run in front of the carriages to help clear a path and quickly guide the horses and firefighters to the fires. That's kind of smart. Okay. Sounds like a job to me. Let's yep. move into the working group. <laughs> um, so speaking of the American Kennel Club and all of their, you know, foolishness. Wonderful things that they do. Um here are well actually this is technically from australia australia's kennel club but is that the akc also no it's like aukc i think um but um i imagine it's probably pretty similar and the akc um these are the faults these are the these are the things that a dalmatian might have that says no you cannot you should not be competing in this competition okay uh, but about like their spots, is it yeah, all spots? Yeah. Well, the first one is blue eyes, which I think is absurd because I think they're I think they're so cute when they have blue eyes. Anyway, um, so if they have blue eyes out of the competition. Um, if they have patches out of the competition, like patches rather than spots. Okay, so like like clusters. Yeah, not cluster, but. So, well, one, the spots need to be, I don't know how big Australia coins are, but they need to be a five cent, between a five cent and a 25 cent piece. So. Um, if Mike from my congregation yeah. listens to this, he's Australian. Mike, any thoughts? Okay. I Googled Dalmatians with patches. Yeah. Are and they they're, uh, yeah, they're not ideal. Oh, Okay. I'm just kidding. They just have, they just definitely have like larger patches of black. It's not even like clusters of spots. Hmm. Yeah, I see them now. Yeah. Which, yeah. Some of those pictures though, when you Google Dalmatians with patches, turns up pictures from this movie. Yeah, I see that. Because I was wondering, because they have, is that dog's name Patch or Lucky or? Oh, oh, there was one named Patch, wasn't there? So Patch is an area of solid color, a rich, deep black or liver, which is brown usually with a velvety texture. <laughs> Are you okay? Oh my God. When I was reading the book description and it said they found Perdita with lip spots, I thought that I meant she was old. <laughs> old people. For those who couldn't interpret what Sarah just said, the description of Perdita said that she had liver spots. And so Sarah assumed that meant that she meant 
that meant she was old. Whereas in dog terminology, it just means brown spots. <clears throat> so. Um, so these patches. I'm going to mute myself. Okay. So these patches are um, solid area of color. Um, I thought you were laughing at velvety texture. And I was, yeah, I guess that's funny. Um, it is sharply defined with an absence of white hairs to determine between a solidly marked ear and a patch, because which is interesting. So the dog can have a solidly marked ear, like a fully black ear. There's a difference between the two somehow. Um, you turn the ear over to see if there are any white hairs. If there's a presence of white hair under the ear, no matter how small an amount, that would indicate it's a solidly marked ear, which is okay. Whoa. Is yeah. that where you said whoa when you were reading? Did you text me that one of these facts you said whoa about? No, we're not there yet. Um, <laughs> but, but man, is my mind going to be blown yeah. to it. Uh, and these patches are clearly visible at birth, usually found in the ear or face, which is kind of sad, kind of being like, you mm. immediately see the puppy and you're like, well, you're not going to get us any money. We'll sell you to Cruella. Yeah. Um, Although Cruella, like, we don't know if she wanted patches or not. Yeah. She, um, the third, nope, there's two more. Um, they are also considered faulty if they have both black and liver spots on the same dog, tricolor dog. Sarah's laughing. Um, and then lemon spots, which is bronzing or other faults of pigmentation. Okay. Um, which I guess I get that. Um, so I'll end my time on the Dalmatian, um, with this. I don't remember what I Googled to find this, but I discovered a website called the Omnificent English Dictionary in Limerick Form. And it's a project. Um, it says, we are currently accepting submissions based on words beginning with the letters AA through HA. The HA section is now open, inclusive only. I don't know what that means. Current estimated date of completion of this dictionary in Limerick, Limerick Form is November 3rd, 2063. So it's a website and they're defining all of the words in the English in language in limerick form. Oh my gosh. I need to so there, a word and work on a limerick. Yeah. So there were two. There, wanna, I think we should both do this. Probably. There were two Dalmatian limericks. So I brought one for us. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. This is a limerick by Mike AQ. Um, I don't have the date on me anymore. Anyway. Um, Here's a limerick defining a Dalmatian, which this isn't really a Dalmatian. This isn't a definition. Um, it's probably not like a dictionary you'd want to like keep in your elementary school classroom. No, <laughs> but it would be a fun like uh, language arts project. I would. Oh my god, I wish I was still teaching. I would totally. Yeah. Although teaching kids about limericks is a little dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Old Dan was our station's Dalmatian, recalling his first conflagration. As the flames billowed higher, he hosed down the fire with the tool used for dog urination. <laughs> oh, but so he was working, you would say? I, I sounds like he was working. It sounds like he was doing way more than I imagine the dogs did <laughs> uh, by using the fire hydrant. 
Interesting, interesting. I maintain that they're working dogs. Yep. Uh, AKC listeners, start petitioning your AKC people. I don't know who they are. Um, to move the Dalmatians into the working group, please. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's a Dalmatian. That's fascinating. That was a good journey. Mm-hmm. To Dalmatia. Mm-hmm. In Croatia. You working on your limerick in your head right now? Oh, I totally am. <laughs> I love the limerick dictionary. The limerick dictionary, if you will. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's my Dalmatian research. Dalmatian quotation. Um, so, do you like the movie? Did. Um, we texted a little bit during it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of my notes does say this is the tensest I have been in any of these movies. I, I was saying things out loud, like go, mm-hmm. go. Like I, yeah. I, I'm like, I don't even know. Like I was just saying things. Yeah. The dog that I'm watching kept like popping her head up. Um, but like, it was, I mean, it was like 30 minutes of tense, like from hiding the, and chasing and yeah. Well, yeah. And like the cat trying to get them out and like, oh my gosh. I mean, if you look at my notes, it's like just a series of exclamation points and OMG, like, like, OMG, this poor cat and these loud puppies. OMG, they're back in the same room. Yeah. (laughs) Like like he chases them around and they end up back in the same room. And I'm just like, what is insane? Like, OMG, like Rolly, like who is still hungry. And it's like, buddy, you almost didn't fit through the wall. He's cute. I like him. He is cute. Um, oh, and just just watching them escape on ice. Yeah. I was like, I hope that I, because I, I knew how long the movie was and Disney Channel will tell you how much longer you have. And so I was like, all right. So I have like, like at the time, like 20 minutes left. If the next 10 minutes are me just watching these animals on, ice. on the ice, I don't think I can do it. Like, I think I'm going to have to fast forward. You know what movie it reminded me of? Give me a hint. It's not related to this movie at all. Have I seen it? Yes. Elf? No. Oh. It is live action. It's a musical. Mm-hmm. Musical. Hmm. Old? Old musical? Yeah. White Christmas? No. It reminded me of The Sound of Music. Okay. There is like there is like a sense of like I mean like they're clearly hiding from somebody. And oh yeah, like people were under the bridge. Yeah, and people like were helping them, and it was just super yeah. quiet and like eerie the way that it is like when they're hiding. Well, um, and there's like a flashlight scene too. Yeah, yeah. That whole like twenty minutes, I was like, I'm getting weird, okay. strong <laughs> sound of music, um, the Von Traps escaping um, in the night vibes, um, and the That's nuns. And the nuns like outsmarting, yeah. Um, and like the other dogs are the nuns. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I just, it was, it was just, it was so tense. Like I wanted them to escape. And I knew like, I was like, I knew this has a happy ending. Like I kept like 
rationalizing with myself, like, Sarah, you know that this Disney movie in 1961 is not going to end with these puppies being slaughtered and skinned. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's not going to happen. But I still was just like, oh my gosh. And when like the snow started dripping, like the icicles were dripping, Mm -hmm. I was like, get in the car. (laughs) Yeah. But I also, that scene was probably the most frustrating because I was just confused because Cruella DeVille and her henchmen could like see these puppies. Wa- I, I assume they could see them, but they were just like, oh, there's 99 of them, but they're black. Or like, how <laughs> often do you see any dog with their 10 puppies? Right. Nine times. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, there's another adult dog with 10 puppies. Oh, but they're not Dalmatians. Yeah. Oh, there's another dog with their 10 puppies, but they're also not Dalmatians. Like, yeah. Oh, but I, oh my God, I still fell for it when um, the short guy was like, do you think the puppies could have like painted themselves black? And then the tall guy's like, oh, oh my God, you're right. Like that is what happened. And then he goes, yeah, dogs regularly paint themselves black and like <laughs> hit the other guy. But before he said that, I was like, oh my God, he's like figured it out. Like, what are they going to do now? <laughs> It was really stressful. Yeah. And then it didn't stop. Like it just didn't, it didn't stop. Like Corella developed like the car trade, the car chase. Yeah. You know, when the moving truck pulls away, it just, they just kept coming. Like, oh yeah. man. I, yeah. It's kind of, um, I feel like it's, it's also reminds me, now I'm thinking about it, it reminds me of Toy Story 2. Um, because Woody's roundup is they're often watching this like Woody like Western kind of chase show um, and that's how the movie ends up playing out and I feel like their adventure was similar to whatever show all the puppies watch the, like so the Western what? well never mind go ahead um, I just feel like it was um, it wasn't on accident but that's the show they were watching together no that's a good point I didn't think about that um, on the Disney wiki for this page or for this movie um, that when um, Jasper Horse and the puppies are watching a TV show when the cat finds them the first time, um, mm-hmm. they're watching a 1929 Walt Disney Silly Symphonies cartoon. Oh. So they just like That's reused awesome. an old 1929 cartoon. Mm-hmm. Safari just quit. Your voice uh, did a little weird thing, but I got it. Oh, weird. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I liked it. Um, they're, um, uh, one of the, the puppy who has, has the hardest time kind of going on the cold journey, whatever his name was, Lucky, was that Lucky? I don't know, but that was so hard to watch. It was sad. They they were demoralized, like, so hard to watch. They were so tired and hungry. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Lucky is walking through the snow and goes through all those different body parts that are cold because my nose is froze and my toes is froze. Um, and that's what I remembered. A memory came back to me is that uh, my friend Susan, we were in marching band together and the, the few days that we'd have to practice like in the rain and they'd be kind of cold because it would be late fall. Um, and Susan, Susan's is always very cold in any climate. Um, would always turn to me and say, my nose is froze and my toes is froze. And I never knew it was from, but I was like, that's oh, that from this movie. Yeah. 
Oh, did you text her? I didn't. So, Su- Susan. Hey, Susan. Oh, I will say that um, John Weicker texted me about he is happy to hear us back again last oh. week. And he was excited for us to watch this movie. And he thinks that it'll end up with one of us going out and adopting a Dalmatian. I don't know. I don't know about that. They sound very energetic, John. Yeah. Um, all right, John. We're but, a wrinkly dog family. So like pugs and mastiffs and boxers are kind of our thing, but they were pretty cute in this movie. They were cute. Um, so I have a theory. Okay. <clears throat> I have a theory about our dog Cooper. So our, our dog Cooper is, oh, do you know what it is? Twilight Bark. Yes. So how old is Cooper? Like 13 now? He's older than 13. I'm pretty sure. Oh my God, I always like low ball how old he has is. to be like, he has to be 15. He's, he's so old and he's, he's how old, old is he? How old is he? He's getting a little senile in his old age um and he's got a lot of things going on for him <laughs> but we love him so but- we've had him for like 13 years okay whatever <laughs> we got him in like it was like 2008 2007 2007 2008 yeah oh, i graduated 2008 we, we got him in 2007 that yeah. fall um anyways Anyways, gosh, yeah, he is old. He's probably like 16. Yeah. Anyways, um, in his old age, he has he has uh taken on a new habit, which is every night from like six to six thirty, he just goes in our parents' room and he just barks. In the dark by himself. In the dark by himself. It's just like solitary barks. It's not like he's a boxer hound, so it's not like a little yippy dog. It's just these like just disgruntled like yeah yeah i think he's part of the twilight bark or he's a little bit early he's a little bit early (laughs) or he's he's remembering his days because he's a rescue Mm. we don't know his history so maybe he was like a key station yeah in the in the twilight bark in his former life yeah maybe our dog is british maybe Koopa is what we should be calling him. Okay. Well, our dad's a Scottish lord now, so. Yeah. <laughs> so we bought our dad a plot of land in Scotland, so now he's a Scottish lord. That's that's the story there. Yep. It's been a really fun transition for the Wolf family. Um, yeah, so that's my that's my Cooper theory. Makes sense. So I also got some Grey Gardens vibes from Cruella DeVille's house yeah <laughs> like I felt like there were a lot of like empty cat food cans <laughs> that were yeah. illustrated in and stuff I was like this is weird she's obviously really rich why awesome. does she live in this this way that's all I got cool um scary scale so my scary scale is based on anxiety yes 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 so mine's 10 wow <laughs> that, I mean it was I it's the most anxious I have been and I mean I feel like I need to add like an asterisk that says I reserve the right to readjust my ranking for this movie if there are other movies that will be 
more stressful than this one was, but like, I like felt it in my body watching. It was so many dogs. Like they just kept coming. So 10. It's a good synopsis of a movie. 101 Dalmatians. It was so many dogs. They just kept coming. You would not believe how many dogs there are in this movie. I never saw such a number of dogs. Um, I hope Disney listens to this and they want to hire me to write taglines for movies. That hunchback. What? (laughs) What? That hunchback. What a hunch. That hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay. My scary scale is a five. There's not really, there's not really like, even Cruella DeVille herself isn't very scary. Like, um, she kind of looks like a skeleton. Yeah, the scariest part to me is her green smoke. Um, yeah. Like, what is she smoking? Her aura. Um, yeah, um, I think the scariest part for me was just how sad the dogs were. Yeah, that, that like, March was hard to watch. It was. Um, but the MVPs were those sweet old cows who said, we've got udders, come on. That's kind of a weird scene for me, but that was I had to stop thinking and I said this is sweet and hospitality. Yep. This is hospitality. Yep. I actually do think I got a little emotional around that part about the hospitality shown in this movie. I was like, this is somebody there ha- there is some is this Disney be a sermon somewhere. There's some Disney pastor out there who was a hundred percent preached on this section. And if they haven't, it's because they haven't seen it in years. So if you're a Disney person okay. that's a preacher listening to this, go back and watch it. You'll find uh, sermon illustrations. Uh, that person's name is Courtney Stevens. I don't know if she listens, but she's a very Disney person. Her brother was a character person at the Disney World. All right. Um, so every episode we pick our favorite movie out of all the ones we've watched. Right now, my favorite is Lady and the Tramp and Sarah's is Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. That sounds right. Um I'm sticking with Lady and the Tramp. Um, you know, I feel like I was incredibly emotionally invested in this movie. Yeah. I'm going to go with 101 Dalmatians. And that would be 101 written out, not just the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to go with this movie. All right. But what's our next movie, Natalie? Yes, The Parent Trap. <gasps> so our next movie is The Parent Trap with Haley Mills. Not Lindsay Lohan, who's also Lohan. not going to be Cruella DeVille. Not. What is that from? What is, is that, that from? Your second Borat joke. No. Is it? Isn't there some movie where they do not jokes? Borat. Oh, man. I got to get around <laughs> to seeing that movie. It's just a part of my subconscious. I don't know. Anyway, um, my sources were Wikipedia petful.com um cc dalmatians in australia um the omnipotent english dictionary in limerick form which is oedilf.com um and imdb sarah 
my sources were um, Mary Ness's article from tor.com, Wikipedia, and uh, Disney Wiki. I think that's it. Um, so if you want to interact with us, you can email us at wolfdisneypodcast at gmail.com. We're also on social media at wolfdisneypod. <sighs> um, wow. <laughs> High quality stuff here, guys. So we'll see you next week with the parent, parent trap. trap. Let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This has been Wolf Disney. Thanks for listening. Our theme song is Lamb and Wolf by Poddington Bear. See you next week. Mm-hmm.